Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to continue our discussion on ecclesiology, the study of the church. Ecclesiology, the study of the church, and this is part six. If you missed the previous episode, we invite you to go on our website and um, catch up on the previous episodes. And if you desire to go straight to uh, Buzzsprout, um, you can listen to the podcast on there as well. Uh, but the easiest route, just go on the website and under radio show, you can catch up on the previous episodes. So the study of the church, what is the church like? What is the church? What is it comprised of? What is the function of the church? How does God views the church? Where does this term come from? Uh, All of these are valid questions that we as believers need to be able to uh, answer and give a response to. If we don't know what the church is, then how would the world know? How would new believers, new converts that come into our local congregations, how would they know what the church is all about if the church itself is unsure of its um, origin, if it's unsure of its makeup, and if it's unsure of its mission? All of us should have a healthy and biblical view of what the church is versus what the church is not. We started off uh, our discussions with the leaders of the church um, in the previous episodes. And on this episode, we want to look at the anatomy of the church, the anatomy of the church. There's this concept that the Bible teaches us that we all are one, one body, different parts, And it's a beautiful illustration that Paul uses to paint a picture of how we all need to be one. We need to be unified. And the question is, if Paul was here, the Apostle Paul, we would ask him, how can we all be unified? And under what umbrella should we be unified under? And Paul would tell us we need to be unified as it pertains to the major essentials of the faith. Amen. The major essentials of the faith are vital. These are teachings that all Christians must embrace. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. One body, many parts. Number one, as I said, we need to be unified under the major essentials. So the question you may have is, what are the major essentials? So, so let me just um, give you some of the major essentials. And if you desire uh, to know the rest of them, uh, you can contact us at info at srministries.org, info at srministries.org. But uh, the first major essential is that God exists. God exists, uh, the existence of God. Uh, we live in a, in, in a time where some reject the notion of God's existence, but the Bible tells us it's due to them being blinded by the enemy and them suppressing the truth. What God is saying is, is that it's, uh, uh, it's automatic in the sense of if, you're, if you are open-minded, 
we see the existence of God all around us. So God existing is a major essential. Number two, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being the only Savior. Jesus Christ being the only Savior. That is a major essential. Uh, John 14 and 6 reminds us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If anybody wants to get to the Father or know the Father, they must first go by the Son. uh, He is the only mediator. There's no one else. Um, He is the authentic Savior. There's no one else. So um, the Bible is specific and clear uh, that we that are believers, we that are Christians, we must reject this teaching of plurality, this teaching of polytheism in our country um, many people, even, even some smart people, are, have, have been deceived, and they believe that every idea, every philosophy that promotes poly, uh, polytheism plural, or pluralism is uh, equally valid. So whatever God you want to create in your mind uh, is equally valid, and that's wrong. So we reject pluralism. We reject polytheism. Uh, so the major essential of believing in God's existence, the major essential of believing in Jesus as the only way, and also the major essential of believing in Jesus as God the Son. And many Christians um, have a distorted view of the Trinity. Uh, many are able to um, articulate the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you ask Many Christians, what is the Trinity? They'll tell you the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And that's true. But they don't have a firm ability to articulate this doctrine that comes from um, the category of mysteries. I must admit that the Trinity or the teaching of the Trinity uh, comes under the catalog of mysteries. It comes under the catalog of mysteries and mysteries are not is, is knowledge that belong to God alone. We don't have the answer, but God does is is teachings or knowledge that belongs to God alone. So why, why do I say that the Trinity is a mystery? Because we have one God who's revealed himself in three persons. All three are God. You got have, you have God, the father, you have God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. All three are God, but yet there's one God and not three gods like the Jehovah Witnesses like to accuse Christians of. They, Jehovah Witnesses believe that Christians are teaching uh, this, this concept of pluralism, saying that uh, we believe in three, uh, three distinct gods uh, or three separate gods, and that's not true. What we're saying is there's one God who's revealed himself in three persons. We're not saying there are three gods. We're saying there's one God who's revealed himself in three persons. And each God is distinct, meaning within the Godhead, they're distinct. There's the Father, there's the Son, the Holy Spirit. And by distinction, what I'm saying is the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father, and so forth and so on. So um, when we talk about the Trinity, we have to articulate what the Bible is saying and not promote uh, what the Bible is not saying. So we need to be clear on that. So when it comes to Jesus, that's a major essential. Uh, his, his salvation, uh, meaning that he is the only way for humanity to be saved. It's not coming under Buddha. It's not coming under Gandhi. It's not coming under anyone else 
but Jesus Christ. He is the authentic Savior. Then when we talk about another major essential as it relates to Jesus, we're saying that he is equal to the Father. He's not a lesser God like some other group teachers. In Islam, they teach that he's a great prophet, and that's the, and, and that's the extent of it. Uh, he, he's just a great prophet sent by Allah, and that's not true. In, in Jehovah Witnesses, they teach that uh, Jesus is a lesser God than the Father, and that's not true. Uh, in Mormonism, uh, they teach that he's the spirit brother of Lucifer, and that's not true. So we need to be clear on the major essentials of Christ as Christians, that we serve a Savior uh, who is 100% divine. He's not lesser than the Father. He's not greater than the Father. They are equal. And then when it comes to major essentials, uh, the Bible is a major essential. Um, the inerrancy of the Bible. Now we have people saying that the Bible is not inerrant. The Bible contains truths, but it also contains some errors. And um, it's actually not the word of God. Again, we must reject those notions. Uh, the Bible is the authentic word of God. The, another major essential, which I uh, talked about, is salvation. How does one get saved? Uh, in other religions, they may say that you have to work for your salvation. In other religions, they may say because you have to work for your salvation, your good works have to outweigh your bad works. Uh, in, in, in other religions, um, you have to incorporate um, a, 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 a lot of occultic methods and a lot of occultic traditions. And, and, and that's not the way to salvation. The way to salvation is Jesus Christ alone. And when we talk about heaven, God is the one that created heaven, and he has the prerogative to dictate and to mandate who can get to heaven and how they can get to heaven. And so in John 14 and 6 again, Jesus makes it clear the prerequisite for seeing the Father. So one body, and this body is the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church, the global church. The global church, when we read the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, we saw the global church represented. And this is God's idea of the church, the global church, the church uh, in all the continents, the church that exists around the globe, the church, uh, regardless of dialect, the church, regardless of customs, the church, regardless of culture, the church, regardless of class, whether you middle class, upper class, or low class, doesn't matter. The church, regardless of tongue, doesn't matter what language you speak. God is inviting all of us into a loving relationship with him, regardless of our uniqueness. So wherever you're coming from, Whatever your background is, whatever your culture is, is irrelevant. God is inviting you into a loving relationship with him. Uh, I love the Psalms that says, let every, every praise or everyone come under the umbrella of God. Amen. Let everybody come under the umbrella of God. Let all nations praise him. Uh, that's what the Psalm says. Let all nations praise him. So uh, uh, that is the core of Christianity, one body. And that one body uh, is located in multiple places. This is the idea that you need to have. So when we read something about agape love, 
agape love is not just restricted to Western Europe or Eastern Europe. It's not just restricted to Africa or it's not just restricted to uh, Canada. It's, it's not just restricted to Australia. But agape love is for everyone. It's for everyone. And because we're reading the same scriptures, we're getting the same message for the same Holy Ghost. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. So this idea of knowing Jesus on a global level, knowing Jesus on a local level, and what we're doing is consistent with what other Christians are doing. That's the beautiful thing about uh, the Christian faith. It's because we have the same Bible. We're getting the same message. We're experiencing the same challenges. And the Bible speaks to us despite our uniqueness in culture. The Bible is speaking to us. It's one body. And that one body must be unified in their thinking and in their goal and in their mission. What is our mission? Our mission is to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. And God says when we go, he's with us always. So discipleship as well as evangelism are the missions of the church. Evangelism, discipleship are a big part of the church. Jesus left us here to be light for the world so they may know him. So we are to be exemplars. We are to be confessors. We are to testify about who Jesus is. And that's what the gospel message is about. The gospel message is about uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that same power can change lives. And we must tell it. We must tell it. So the anatomy of the church, one body, many parts. First Corinthians 12 and 12. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. So what Paul is saying is we're one, one body, but the body is comprised of different parts. We have teachers, and we, 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 we have people in, 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 in different uh, uh, ministries. We have pastors, we have elders, we have teachers, as I said before, and, and we have all of these different ministries whose sole purpose is one, and that's to uh, lead people to Christ, and that's to disciple those who have confessed Christ. That's discipleship. So evangelism, discipleship, discipleship is what every church must be about. One body, different members. Romans uh, 12, verses 4 through 5, for as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So, again, every ministry that exists within the local church, their main function is to uh, glorify Jesus. The main function is to look for opportunities to share the good news of salvation with someone. And then once they've accepted Christ, their other function is to disciple them in the Bible, disciple, disciple them in the truth. So all of us as churches, despite where you may be, we have these core functions. It's not about the entertainment. It's not about the Christmas program. It's not about the gospel concerts. It's not about the drama plays. It's not about the revivals. It's not about uh, the comedy shows. 
It's about spreading the message so others may know Jesus Christ for themselves. And once they've accepted Christ, it's about discipleship. And he's coming back. Who's coming back? Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, we need to be at our jobs. We need to be witnessing. We need to be sharing the good news. We need to be involved in the evangelion, which is the good news. And we, we need to be engaged in evangelizo, which is uh, the, the giving out of the good news. That's what being a part of God's family is all about. So from the children all the way up to the seniors, whatever program we've developed uh, uh, should have this focus of explaining what the good news is about so people have an opportunity to accept Jesus. And once they've confessed Christ, the second level is we need to disciple them in the Bible so they'll learn how to be rooted. So when the false winds blow their way, it won't blow them down. This is the, 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 an essential part of uh, 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 the anatomy of, of a Christian church, the healthy anatomy of a Christian church. So again, one body with many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Uh, some people in the church, as I said before, are called to teach. Some people uh, are called to pastor. Some people are called to be on the uh, usher minister, uh, uh, ministry or special guest, uh, uh, guest ministry. Others are called to serve as trustees. Others are called uh, to be in the music ministry. Others are called uh, to be... Uh, uh, carpool drivers. Others are called to maintain uh, the, the the landscape of the church. Others are called uh, to fix the, the food baskets. Others are called to be part, part of the clothing ministry. But all of these various ministries are designed for one purpose because we're one, right? And, and we have one goal. When we think about uh, teamwork as it relates to sports, uh, let's use football as an example. Football uh, team, a football team has many members, but yet they all wear the one uniform. Different positions, but they all have the same goal, which is to win. And hopefully, if it's a professional football team, they want to win uh, um, the Lombardi Trophy, which is uh, uh, accomplished through the Super Bowl. So even though we have different members as a church, we should all have the same goal. And so the problem with many local churches is you have uh, members with divergent goals. They have divergent missions and divergent views. And this hinders the progress of the local church. But we should all agree that God wants us to witness more. God wants us to disciple better. God wants us to witness more. God wants us to disciple better. We should all be able to agree on that. And if the church is focused on those core essentials, then everything we do should be connected to those core essentials of evangelism and discipleship. Now, the method can be different, but the message cannot change. The, again, let me say, the method can vary. The method can be different on how we go about sharing the gospel, but the message cannot change. We should all cross the same bridge. The message cannot change. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Uh, Jesus is God the Son. We go back to those major essentials again. 
Now, the secondary essentials or the minor essentials, as some people call it, uh, some of you all may be asking, what are the minor essentials? I'll give, I'll give you an example. Um, a, minor, a minor essential uh, is what day to have your worship service. Doesn't matter what day you have your worship service. If you choose Sunday, that's great. If you choose Saturday, that's great. But being a Christian and having a worship uh, service on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, it's not going to diminish your worship service. Doesn't matter what day you worship on, long as you worship. Doesn't uh, really matter if the choir is wearing, uh, wearing green or, or uh, burgundy robes. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. What God is looking at is the heart of the individual that's singing Zion songs. That's what he's looking at. So as a church, we got to get back to basics. As a church, as a global church, as a local church, we got to get back to what God is interested in. Uh, uh, Not all of that uh, 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 superficial things, all of the periphery things that we're causing to distract us from the main goal, which is evangelism and discipleship. So Ephesians 4 and 16 Let's look at that verse. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Oh, I love this. Again, this is the anatomy of the church uh, from the Bible perspective. Not, not anything that we made up, but this is what the Bible is saying. This is what Paul is telling the church of Ephesus. From whom the, the whole body the Christian body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So when your local church is functioning the way that it ought to function, meaning that it's working properly, it's able to do above and beyond what they're doing now. It makes the body grow when we do what we're supposed to do and we build ourselves up rooted in love. If we all have the love of Christ, then we would care about other people. If we all had the love of Christ, then we would think about others beside ourselves. And if we're thinking about others beyond ourselves, then we're open to connecting to ministry. Every Christian, every confessed Christians, every, every believer need to be connected to a ministry. If you don't know how to get started or get connected to a ministry at your church, call the pastor, call your deacon. But every church needs its members to be active. And once we're active, we're able to not just do inreach, but we're also able to do outreach. The, the, the church body uh, uh, has a long reach. It starts at home, goes through the church building, and it goes out to the community. And when we are on the same page, the com- community is impacted. They are positively affected because the love of Christ is being shown through the believers to the community. Amen. And when the community are served by the Christians, the question they will in- uh, invariably ask is, who are you? And why are you doing this? And then our message to them is we are followers of Jesus Christ and he's commanded us to go and show his love. And part of us, part of us showing that type of love is ministering to you. So we pray that you got something from this segment.
as we go through ecclesiology, uh, the church, uh, we pray that you've been edified. And as always, we thank you all for praying for us. And for those of you who have not become a financial partner, we solicit your prayer uh, that you will be open to sharing with us. You can go on our website, srministries.org, to donate. Again, continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.